This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. As always, like and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So, George, one of the most confounding things about the Colts this season is that their biggest strength for the most part coming into the year has turned into their biggest weakness. The offensive line has struggled all three games, whether it's opening holes for Jonathan Taylor, whether it's protecting Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been sacked 12 times already so far, George, just through three games, third most in all of the NFL. It's tough to play the blame game here, but we're going to do it anyway. Matt Ryan, offensive line. Who deserves more blame so far for those two units, if you will, struggling to get on the same page? Yeah, you know, one thing, the offensive line has been so bad that it makes it kind of hard to even really evaluate at times uh, because there's just been so little time on so many dropbacks that it's hard. Like, you just wonder what would have happened, you know. Uh, it's interesting, though. I go back to, you know, really week one after that first game, you were talking about Ryan didn't look comfortable back there uh, and, and that, you know, rushing things. And, and I thought that was real evident in the first three quarters on Sunday. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go so far as to say he's seen ghosts. You know, we, we had that whole thing with Sam Darnold a couple of years ago, uh, but it, it he's definitely not confident in his protection. He's definitely not, you know, trusting that that what's behind him is safe. And you saw, you know, we talked about how great the defense played on Sunday. I don't think it's been set enough. People talk about all the mistakes the Chiefs made with good reason, the missed field goal, the fake field goal that failed, uh, you know, the, the, the penalty punch. on the final drive, the fumbled punt. You know, and that's there's absolutely good reason for that. That definitely, but hardly anybody mentions that both of the Chiefs' touchdowns came on short fields after Matt Ryan fumbles, and both of those fumbles were blindside hits. And that to me is when we're when we're trying to figure out is it the line, is it Matt Ryan? The fumbles, I think, are a great place to kind of start because obviously he's got to protect the ball. I mean, that's right. I talked to Marcus Brady about that on Tuesday, uh, and he said. You know, first and foremost, he's got to do a better job of protecting the football. Everybody understands that he he can't continue to fumble on what it feels like every snap, every sack. And uh, seven fumbles is inexcusable, George. Yeah. Three games—that's absurd for a veteran. It's, it's crazy, and it's killing this team in so many ways. I mean, on Sunday, it directly led to points, but even when it doesn't, it's still one of the many things that's making this offense inefficient. Because best case scenario, you're second and 17 or third and 17 or the one, you know, the one on Sunday, the first one, they didn't lose it. Jonathan Taylor recovers it, but it's fourth down and they lost like eight yards and it yep. Chiefs are that much closer to the end zone. Nothing good ever happened. I don't think I'm breaking any ground here. Nothing good ever <laughs> happens when you fumble the football seven times in, in three games. But the flip side of that is how much of that's due to protection. Obviously, the end of it is due to him. Look, he's got to hold on to the ball. But. At least on Sunday, both of those were blindside hits. He didn't know they were coming. You know, if you get the protection up to a standard that's even bad instead of where it is now, they've got a there's a gap between where they are now and, and just poor. You know, if they could do that, can you limit some of these fumbles? So to me, that's that's the number one thing that needs to be cleared up. Yes, the pass protection needs to help everything else. Matt Ryan's fumbles have to go away uh, before this offense can can start moving forward. Because you're right, too, because this also, we talk about the defense, how great they are. You're right. Like, this offense also, this Colts offense is not good enough to where if you give a team a short field, and they're only averaging 13 points per game. So, like you mentioned, I mean, both Chiefs touchdowns came off of short fields because of the turnovers. If you are now continuing to fumble, continue to put the ball, uh, you know, on the turf and give the opponent short fields, even if they're just converting field goals, this Colts offense is not scoring 30 points a game where you can just say, ah, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they could survive that. They got lucky to survive it on Sunday. 
but we saw through the first two games, a tie and a loss. They can't survive just the fumbles alone. This offense is not good enough uh, right now, at least, to, to continue to overcome that. I know we love to play the blame game and, and say, like, oh, this is the reason why. So I hate to kind of give a, a non-answer, but I think both are to blame. Like, I think equal blame right now when it comes to this, this pass protection uh, struggles, I think half it has to be on Matt Ryan, half has to be on the offensive lines. I think we saw Sunday. I think Sunday was a perfect encapsulation because you saw in the first uh, fumble you mentioned on fourth down when Matt Ryan was blindsided. I, not being a coach, so just speculating, will put that more on Matt Ryan. It was an edge blitz. Jonathan Taylor went to the left side to block. The, the free blitzer came on the right side. Matt Ryan has to see that. Like You have to be able to diagnose where the blitzers are coming from and get either the offensive line to slide in that direction or get your running back to be over there to, to chip block or just take them one-on-one to prevent that. Like That was one of those where the Colts had it. Like, the play was there. They should have converted that fourth down, but because of either Matt Ryan not seeing the blitz or getting confused and, and sending Jonathan Taylor the wrong way or Jonathan Taylor just flat out missing the assignment and him going the wrong way, whatever it was, End of the day, that's a free rusher coming off the edge. I think the quarterback has to be the one to take that one. But then later on in the game, a costly sack in the fourth quarter that pushed the Colts back um, and made um, Chase McLaughlin's field goal even longer, the one that came you know, right through the A-gap. Like, if you're Ryan Kelly, he's the, the Chiefs defenders lined up right over your helmet. Like he wasn't disguising what he where he was coming from. It wasn't a delayed blitz. This was telegraphing. I am going right through the A gap. And as soon as the ball snapped, Ryan Kelly goes to his right hell about Danny Pinter, and the Chiefs defender runs right at the middle. Sacks Matt Ryan. He didn't have a chance. So it's like that is obviously has to be in the center because it's right in front of you. You're responsible for uh, a lot of protections up front. You know, especially within the five guys as well. Both are to blame because right now we've seen different circumstances just in Sunday alone where he's either free rusher off the edge or a guy right up the middle coming scot-free and giving Matt Ryan not a chance to get out of it or just throw the ball away. Yeah, and, and what you hear from the Colts over and over right now is communication issues, and I think specifically it's what you're talking about, guys not being on the same page. You know, the quarterback's thinking one thing, the line's thinking another thing, the running backs might be thinking a third thing, and what's happening is free rushers are coming too often as a result of this, and, and they're not always coming from where Matt Ryan expects them to come from. And again, it really doesn't matter. You know, like we said, we're going to play the blame game because that's what you do. It really doesn't matter who's making the mistakes. The fact that you've had this many free rushers has to be fixed. You know, right. whoever it is, you've got to come up with a way to fix it. And and the fact that he's not often knowing where that free rusher is coming from has to be fixed. Uh, it's just killing the offense. I think it's obvious. Anybody, you could sit anybody down. They could be watching their first football game in, in their life and they're going to understand this pass protection is the biggest issue with this team. Uh, and it really sounds like it's just getting on the same page. And that, it, look, it's a complicated process. I don't know if people really understand how that goes. You call the play in the huddle, and then you get to the line of scrimmage. And in the Colts situation, the center, Ryan Kelly, is calling out the protection based on what he sees from the defense and the play they know they've got called. And it sounds like right now the disconnect's coming in that at that point. When they're at the line of scrimmage and Ryan Kelly's calling out the protection, Either some of the other guys are not understanding what he's calling and not understanding their roles, or they're not on the same page. It's sort of similar to you know the quarterback wide receiver dynamic. You throw an interception. Sometimes the the receiver wasn't didn't read the same thing that the quarterback read, and and the you know the ball's in the wrong place as a result. I think that's what's happening with pass protection right now. Kelly and Ryan, the rest of that offensive line and the running back, whoever's in there. Most of the time, it's Jonathan Taylor. They all have to be on the same page. 
And I think that that first one you're talking about is a perfect example. Where was the breakdown? Probably on Matt Ryan, but definitely somewhere in there, somebody wasn't on the same page because Taylor went one way. The free rusher came from the other way. Obviously, that's not the way it's drawn up. Right. I mean, you know, and it so, costs you a first down and costs you a lot of yards on the fumble. Yeah. You know, and and points ultimately right. because yeah. Kansas City then cashes it in. So, uh, and that's why when I say things could get better in a hurry, if these communication issues get synced up, then all of a sudden that's a first down. If that's a first down, where does that drive in? Who knows? But we can't know right now because the, the protection in general for everybody involved in it has just been so far below where it needs to be uh, that it's almost impossible to even try to diagnose the rest of the offense. It's both encouraging and maddening because I, I think it is like it's a it's a communication issue, not a talent issue, right? The Colts' offensive line doesn't suck. All Ryan Kelly and, and Quentin Nelson and Brandon all of a sudden haven't regressed in their talent where they just can't block anyone. I thought Frank Reich even mentioned on Monday made a good point when he was rewatching the game. The Colts when it was five on five. He thought blocked really well, and I would agree. I remember I tweeted out in the first half when there was just a five-man rush or even a four-man rush. When the Colts had one-on-one -on -one opportunities, I thought almost everywhere across the line, for the most part, for the most part, did pretty well in holding up and giving Matt Ryan time. It's when, like you said, the blitz comes, and all of a sudden now it's, am I sliding this way? Am I sliding that way? Double-teaming here. like It's the communication, like you said, which is maddening because you've had all the training camp. You've had some preseason games. We're talking about now going into week four of the NFL. I get it's new. I get Matt Ryan's learning a new language for the first time um, since being really being drafted, right, in 08. Uh, I know he's, you know, there's some head coach changes, but for the most part, he's been within the same scheme of the Falcons for a long time, and now you're going to a brand-new system. But it's also like we're, we're sitting here in week four, George. Like these communication issues should not be happening, especially when we're talking about if the communication disconnected between Ryan Kelly and Matt Ryan. Ryan Kelly is not new. Like, you know, he's been in the system a very long time. He, of anyone, should know and maybe should take charge early on of making sure the protections are set and making sure he's guiding Matt Ryan in the proper, you know, place to make sure everything's on the same page instead of right now what's going on where they're going one way, Matt Ryan's going the other way, and like I said, there's free blitzers running all over the place. So it's encouraging. Like, like I said, they're able to iron these communication issues out. Yeah, it should be a lot better really quickly. It's just... How quick can you get it done? I really hope this is the, the last we're talking about this, but there's really no way to know until we get to week four and see how they look against this Titans team. And you had better get it fixed quick against this Titans team because I'm telling you right now, Jeffrey Simmons will feast. If you have these kind of problems in the A-gap that they have had, uh, you might see Nick Foles in the game on Sunday if these communication continue because uh, Matt Ryan might be on the bench due to, to health issues at that point. I mean, look, right now he's on pace to get sacked 68 times. The last Great. time that happened was David Carr. And when you're in the same sentence in terms of sacks with David Carr, you're having a bad year. We're talking about even surpassing some of Andrew Luck's sack totals, and we saw him get hit a lot. That's where it's just like totally, like I said, alarming. One thing I also found interesting, George, speaking going back to Matt uh, Frank Reich's press conference on Monday, he mentioned that for the most part, he thought Matt Ryan's protection were pretty good. He said, obviously, there's a few you want back. But for the most part, he thought Matt Ryan has done a good job so far in terms of setting the protection and calling it out. If that's the case, what is going on in this offensive line where I get there's two new starters, right? Matt Pryor and Danny Pinner, I get that. But you have three veterans that have played a lot of football together. If Frank is right, he may be covering for Matt Ryan, I don't know. If Frank is right where Matt Ryan, for the most part, has done a good job, what are we doing here? Uh, like, I, what is going on then? 
I think it's different things every week. You know, it's just a, a gut feeling. But like, I think this week it felt like Ryan Kelly was really, really concerned with Chris Jones and was trying to get over there as quickly as possible to help out Danny Pinner. And like on that one that you mentioned, I think that's exactly what he was doing, going over to double Chris Jones. And now guys coming right up the middle. Uh, and I think that's where it's it's that miscommunication. It's that disconnect that's going on of, hey, you know what? This is the protection that we've called. I can't double Chris Jones here. And the frustrating thing about that is, as you said, Ryan Kelly's a veteran center. Matt Ryan has seen everything there is to see in the NFL and, and more. Uh, it, it's frustrating when you got two veteran guys who are kind of at the heart of this because everybody's involved. There's me, They have meetings every week with the tight ends, the wide receivers, the running backs, the offensive line, the quarterback are all in there specifically about what they're going to do this particular week against this particular opponent, how they're going to run the pass protections. But at the end of the day, the two most important guys are the center and the quarterback. And you've got two guys who have been doing this for a long time in the NFL. And it's very frustrating to see it continue, not just to be a problem. It's a massive problem. I mean, we're not talking about something that's just been kind of a little irritant. This is killing the offense at this point. It's their biggest weakness. Like I would say it's a right. Like the, the the receivers have question marks. You know, the defensive line's been a little bit inconsistent. But I would say right now, through three weeks, you you point the biggest weakness for the Colts. It's their offensive line. It's their pass blocking. It, it's it yeah, should not it, be that way. Absolutely not. And so, how do you fix these communication issues? You know, you have those meetings every week, and it's not working. I I don't. Somebody's got to step forward. And to me, that ultimately, look, the buck always ends with your quarterback, right? At some point, Matt Ryan has to step forward and just say enough is enough. This is what we're doing. He knows what it looks like. He knows what it takes. He didn't survive 14 years in the NFL and only missed three games because he doesn't understand pass protection. He's right. got to just now get out there and demand it. And in this, that's what your leaders do. You know what I mean? He's got to get in there and say enough is enough. We're going to get on the same page, whatever that takes. If they've got a, I don't know if they have to have an overnight camp or something. I don't know what it's going <laughs> to take to get, Everybody on the same page, but it it needs to happen yesterday. Let me ask you this: You mentioned before on the 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 one blitz or the one play we're talking about where the the free blitzer came right up the middle. Ryan Kelly went to his right, head about Danny Pinter. It's been obvious on the offensive line the one guy that's been struggling the most has been Danny Pinter. Is it fair to call Sunday against the Titans his last stand? Now they're not going to make a change, most likely going to the short week against the Broncos. But through three weeks, he's been the one that's consistently been struggling. If it's another bad outing on Sunday, is that kind of is this his last kind of chance? Out, we're going to roll with the starting five, and if the same thing happens on Sunday against the Titans that we saw last week against the Chiefs, a change has to be made. I would say yes. By the way, how about you? Yeah, I agree with that. I think you said I think it was last week that you said you know if they're going to make some personnel changes on the line, it's probably going to come after that Denver game because you get that extra kind of the the mini buy weekend, right? That kind of helps you out in that situation. Uh, and I think part of this is just figuring out what you want to do. You know, do you just want to sub in, say, Will Fries and, and just go from there? The other four are in. That's that's the quickest fix. Do you want to maybe move Matt Pryor there and put Bernard Raymond? Do you feel confident enough in him if he's healthy? You know, he missed the game this week with, with the uh, ankle injury. So you, you feel like he can handle the left tackle spot right now and you move Pryor over. Now you're possibly messing with two spots. And I'll tell you, there's one thing they did in training camp that raised our eyebrows when they did it. We wondered why they were doing it then, uh, that we still can't get out of our heads. The guys on the beat, uh, the idea of moving Braden Smith into right guard and maybe having Raymond and, and Pryor as the tackles, uh, that's an even more extreme situation 
But, you know, I think those are all the things you're kind of evaluating. And, and, and like you said, I think that's the kind of thing you've got to kind of keep looking at it. Uh, but it's probably going to have to come after that Broncos game. And look, maybe Danny Pinner, maybe it's a communication issue with him as well. Maybe he's the guy more often than not. I mean, Ryan Kelly said they need five as one. They've had four as one on a lot of snaps. I don't think he's specifically mm. ruling out Danny Pinner. In fact, he said it wasn't always the same one guy. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe he just needs to to come along a little bit in that regard and he can improve. Uh, but whatever it takes, you've reached a point that something needs to be done. And and that's why I agree with you that it's sort of a last stand situation because obviously the easiest thing is for him to just get back to where he was a year ago at center playing really good football and, and you know, helping out this line. Uh, and you give him that opportunity, but the, that clock's ticking. It has to be ticking. Uh, 68 sacks is such an unbelievable number. Uh, you, you can't let that become a reality. And like you mentioned before, this Colts offense can't function. It's not functioning right now whatsoever. So like I said, we've seen enough. There's something where something has to change. Like I said, I think th- I think four games is fair to evaluate everyone and say, all right, we've given you an opportunity. We've gotten you, you know, allow you to get your rust uh, off. I will say one thing I'm interested in, and that's why I kind of circled this Titans game coming week four as a very interesting point for the, the offensive line specifically. Because now with basically most teams not really taking preseason games seriously. And we saw the Colts again. They were one of the few teams that will say took it more seriously than others. They played what is a, a two, three series in the Buffalo game, basically a quarter and a half against the Buccaneers. And that was really it. The one area or the one unit that does tend to kind of get off to the slower start is the offensive line. Because really in training camp, there's no true way to kind of get going unless you're just banging bodies against bodies. And there's not a lot of contact in training camp. So I will give the grace period of three games to say, okay, knock some rust off, kind of get back to you, you know, your playing shape, get back to communications, and maybe just Danny Pinter, maybe it's not a communication, but it's just a talent issue, and he just, you know, needed a little time to get his feet wet, now he's more comfortable in a new position at right guard full-time. But I think that's where this game is really going to kind of be the breaking point, where either you see a turning point for the good, or like you mentioned, you see a turning point for the bad, and one of those combinations you mentioned, swinging Ryman out to left tackle, swinging prior inside, taking Will Fries, just replacing him with Danny Pinter. There's a bunch of different you know combinations you can do here that the Colts have flexibility with. But I think it's time to start exploring that if we're sitting here after Sunday's game talking about the same offensive line problems we've been talking about in week three, week two, and week one. Now this is kind of really the, the, the last stand, if you will. This is the breaking point for this offensive line to either get it going or something has to change. Yeah, and we've always kind of looked at this week four game. Even when we thought the Colts would get off to a better start, we always kind of right. looked at this week four game in Tennessee as, as a huge crucible for the season because the Colts haven't beaten the Titans. I mean, let's just be honest. They haven't beaten the Titans recently, uh, and you've got to win these games in a division. And this year, more than any other, with five of the six division games coming in the first seven weeks of the season, you can't afford to give any more of these games away. You missed an opportunity to win down in Houston. You got whipped down in Jacksonville. Now you're at home. You've got to win this game, uh, and and you've got it. We've seen throughout the entire time Frank Reich's here, this team's best performances come when the offensive line is playing at its best.